This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> Sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or even if you're chilling at home, watching us live on YouTube. Thank you so much for connecting. Wow, what an honor to have this next guest on the show. I had the privilege of sitting down with him and getting to know him a little bit better pre-show. And I don't know how I'm going to fit this whole hour in, in this one show now. But Sheikh Tariq Al-Qasim is on the show today. And you know what? Even now sitting in the background, we were sitting just waiting for the show to start. And he taught me something new. And I'm telling you now, you have to stay tuned for this. It's going to be a great show. We're discussing jujitsu, knowledge, education, his personal journey as well, competition. I mean, there's so much we're going to cover on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. On Pulse 95. 95. Oh, he loves the pilot! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Assalamu welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. What an honor. Now, I have said on the show I've punched above my weight, but today's episode I have definitely punched above my weight with the guests that I have in store. Sheikh Tariq Al-Qasmi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Omar. Pleasure to be with you. It's, uh, it's all, the pleasure is all mine and, and having sat with you and, and, and spoken to you about a lot of things. I'm really fascinated to share with the audience your personal journey and your start with jiu-jitsu. How did it start? So, uh, it was March 2009 and uh, I was planning a vacation. And as a different type of vacation, we searched for fitness camps mm. to do two weeks of fitness. And we ended up uh, going to Thailand to do two weeks of uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai in, mm-hmm. in Thailand. And as we were doing that, uh, part of the gym that I was there in, uh, they had no gi grappling on the side. And I was like, yeah, I've seen this many times in MMA fights and so on. Maybe when I get back to Dubai, I'll, 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 the UAE, I'll get a chance to try it out. Mm-hmm. Got back uh, to the UAE, searched for a good Muay Thai gym at the time. There wasn't much, and looked for jiu-jitsu. There wasn't much... Uh, options for us mm-hmm. so uh, I went and I did my first class uh, at the U- UAE Jiu Jitsu Federation mm-hmm. and uh, I liked the concept I I just fell in love with it from the first time so the, my first class was uh, April 2009 okay I did it for two months mm-hmm. and uh, traveled for that summer got back and just been a daily event for me it's like a part of my life now and part of your life it was, you know, did you ever feel your personal journey would affect so many people in the UAE? No. Um, first of all, when I started, mm-hmm. uh, it was very limited people who actually knew I was practicing this. And 
I developed in the sport. I reached a blue belt, and uh, one of my coaches said, "Tarak, why don't you go and test yourself in a competition?" Mm. I was like, "Yeah, but I'm not doing it on a competitive level." He said, "No, no, like I think you would do well." So I uh, got on a plane and went to the European competition in uh, 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, registered under the name Tarak Faisal. And uh, got into the competition, uh, gave my ID, walked in. By the time I walked out, the guys, the organizer, read my name. Mm-hmm. And then he gave it to Gracie Mag. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up getting third place that competition. But by the time I actually left the building, my name was all over the world yeah. about <laughs> competing. And everybody knew that now I, I practice jiu-jitsu and so on. And that's... From that time, I started feeling that, yes, I am influencing a lot of people. Uh, but mainly after it was announced and a lot of people knew that I was doing it. Before that, not many people knew I was practicing that sport. Yeah, and yeah. it's interesting you say you changed your name because obviously you wanted to be based on skill. And this was one of the things we spoke about before. Yeah. Um, but what was going through your mind when you when you tried to be normal, let's say? <laughs> Is that fair? Well, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. Um, Within our culture, mm-hmm. uh, being part of uh, of the Al Qasimi family and most of the royal families in the region, there's a certain level of respect, and there's always that level of uh, you know people treat you in a certain way. So whenever when I decided to go and compete, I wanted to take that burden off my back. But the others don't know me. Yeah. But I just wanted to take that burden off my back. Is that uh, you going there? You're going to fight somebody. Mm. Uh, the, the guys I fought, one was from Brazil, the other one was from Norway, the other one is from I don't know where. Uh, they don't know me, they don't care, but it was the burden I was putting on myself. So I thought that by taking that, if I would say, if I lose, mm-hmm. it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. But also, I wanted to ask you, um, when you did change the name and you were trying to take that burden off your shoulders... Um, what was going through your mind? I mean, you're competing against people all around the world. How, how was that transcending in, in you delivering the practice of jiu-jitsu? Okay. Uh, moving from belt to belt takes uh, a good year and a half to two years. Mm. And I was promoted six months into my training. And that triggered a lot of sort of like that gossip. Ah, oh, he got the belt because he's a sheikh. Ah, oh, mm. they're just complimenting him this. But I was actually taking it very seriously. Like my training was like, I was very dedicated to it. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, if I compete in the UAE, same thing will happen. It's mm. like, ah, oh, because he's a sheikh, he won. Blah, blah. So I decided, okay, let me go somewhere. Well, nobody knows me. I'm not going to go in my name. And let's see what happens. So I just used my first name and my father's name and not the family name. Mm-hmm. And uh, once it became public uh, in the in the Gracie Mag and in the Jiu-Jitsu world, but I left Portugal at the time where the competition was, landed mm-hmm. in London, and uh, I was invited to a dinner with, uh, with the ambassador of the UAE in, in, in the UK and with some other people there. And uh, obviously there was scratches from the competition. Oh, what happened? Oh, I competed this, this, this. So what happened? I won third place. Uh, and guess what? It was announced. So one of the guys in the, in, in the room mm-hmm. uh, Googled the article, saw it, and sent it to a local media house. And it was all over the UAE. Wow. Literally less than 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and last question before we take the break. I'm sure you get asked this a lot. I mean... 
with mixed martial arts and, and with all the sports, because you're a very athletic person, why jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu, I mean, the, def- the, the translation of jiu-jitsu is the gentle art. Hmm. Uh, it does not look gentle for somebody looking at uh, from outside. Uh, jiu-jitsu, you need to be strong, you need to be flexible, you need to have endurance, etc. But the base of it is your technique. Mm. So your mind, your tactics, your strategy, this is what makes you win. Because if you and I are in the same weight, same strength, similar cardio, it's my strategy against your strategy. So if you put it another way, it's actually human chess. Mm. Uh, I will hold your right hand, not because I want to attack it. I want you to react with your left hand because that's the one I want. Mm. And then that's a chess game that happens. And uh, it just engages Uh, the mind, the body, and you do two hours of training or an hour and a half of training and you don't feel that you've actually spent an hour and a half. You're actually having fun. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it's obviously now it's not just part of your lifestyle. It is It is you. It's You've become that and it's become you, correct? Yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of Brazilians say jiu-jitsu changed my life yeah. because it, it does change uh, a lot of your attitude to, to even uh, handling problems like... Mm. Uh, Because in Jiu-Jitsu, you can end up in a position where you're being strangled and you can either submit or try to escape. And there's never one escape. There's always like two or three options that are in front of you. And you have to have that lateral thinking happening instantly. And uh, yeah, so today it's, uh, it is part of my life. Yeah, and it's interesting you say escape and it's interesting you say in the mental side of things. Have you used jiu-jitsu as a form of escapism to just kind of channel your thoughts into one discipline so i i work nine till five every day mm. and uh, i go to training at six o'clock six six thirty and mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu starts at seven so whatever stress i get through the day this is <laughs> the way i let it out <laughs> <laughs> and those people that are training with you are the ones you let it out on. Well, I guess they all have the similar <laughs> thing, right? Because <laughs> I remember when we met last time and you showed me something with, with the grip. I mean, tec- technical detail. I'll tell the audience now. When we met the first time and we spoke about jiu-jitsu and you said to me, I'm going to put your hand out. And yeah. I put my hand out and you grabbed my hand. And you said, see, if I hold this part of your hand, you won't be able to wrap your hand around. And I thought that was really interesting because even the smallest detail before even engaging in a grapple, you already kind of switched on to what are the next few steps. Is that like pretty much how you have to be prepared for a fight in jiu-jitsu? So I've been fortunate to train with a lot of world champions. Mm-hmm. And when I say a lot of world champions, if I say the top 10 in the world, I've probably trained with seven of them. Wow. Multiple times. And... All of them are two steps ahead. So when you're sparring with somebody or when you're fighting with somebody, mm. uh, I need to be aware of you react to the right. I need to have two options of how to deal it. If you react to the left, I need to have two options how to deal it. And if you don't react, I need to have an option. So it's 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 a matter of actually having being two steps ahead in everything in that combat and it's not easy because the other guy is also trying to be two steps ahead of you mm. and that's where the chess game becomes absolutely there see I told you it was going to be great um, we're going to take a quick break now and be right back after the break folks thank you keep those questions coming in and I'll see you right after this see you in a bit folks this is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri oh he loves the fire 
This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. I mean, that first segment was fire, but <laughs> there's a lot more where that came from. And thank you very much for your questions. Keep them coming in. Um, Sheikh Tariq Al-Qasmi is in the building with me. I'm, I'm truly honoured to have him as a guest. And uh, Sheikh Tariq, I wanted to ask you, um, jiu-jitsu does a lot for the mind. What has it done for you personally? Uh it does do a lot of, for the mind, but, but I guess every sport does something for the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, um, any sport that you do will release certain hormones in the body, which will give you peace, happiness, etc. Uh, jiu-jitsu allows me to disconnect for a good two hours. When 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 you're sparring with somebody and he's trying to choke you out or, yeah. or, or, or break a limb you cannot be thinking about what happened in the office this day you cannot be thinking about your car your fo- you're too focused and too engaged so it allows me to totally disconnect from everything mm. for a good two hours mm. and uh, when you say disconnect there's a question that came in from our very own Masoud who's always tuned in from India and he asked um, how does he reset and any tips he would like to share with us to enhance our quality in lifestyle <laughs> ah, that's an interesting question. I mean, uh, I never thought about it. Is it how, how do I reset? But it's just, I'll tell you what happens to me. Mm-hmm. Is that by the time I finish those hour and a half or two hours of training, I'm at peace. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I finish, I go back to the majlis, hang out with my friends and so on. And I go to bed and it's like all the stress is out of the system and mm-hmm. you're at peace with yourself. Uh, it's very difficult to explain it uh, you really have to practice it and if you're a sports fanatic whatever sport you're doing you know after doing a good game of an hour football or tennis or paddle tennis that's quite famous now or, mm. or jiu-jitsu or whatever you're gonna be at peace you're gonna be f- you're gonna feel good mm. yeah and you play you play different roles and this is why I was very interested when we spoke last time um, a leader a coach I'm also interested of the human aspect as well because mashallah you, you you have several roles that you play how does each one differ okay so um, I've always been a somebody who receives information in jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. from other to as I mentioned a lot of world champions a lot of high level coaches who visit us uh, we have at least one person who is a visitor at least a month who has who was a world champion maybe not a current one but was like five six years ago as a very high level coach or so on so i get the opportunity and the privilege to learn a lot from these people and one of my coaches my my coach was 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 away for a month and i decided okay i'm going to fill in his place for the advanced class Hmm. and i started teaching and it was very interesting because the more i taught the more i realized why i'm doing this position Mm. Or why am I gripping in that way? As we uh, when I met and I and I explained to you, and the more I taught, the more I f- I understood what I'm doing more, and the more questions I get opened my mind to certain things, and then I started enjoying teaching. And for a good six months, I was running the, the advanced class. I just mm. you know, uh, I was enjoying doing it. Yeah. Uh, and every time I competed, 
whenever I don't get a gold medal, which not much, I've actually got several silver medals, but not a gold medal. Mm. So whenever I come back, I look what happened, what went went wrong, and then I look at okay, that was the gap, and then I start working on that gap. Mm. And once I figure out why why I made that mistake and I understand how to avoid it, I have the urge of sharing it with all my sparring partners and so on. Oh, guys, look at this. This mm. is how we do this. This is what happened. And it becomes a learning process that sort of evolves; it doesn't stop. Mm. And and jujitsu is is actually part of the culture here, and it's also something that a lot of people may not be completely familiar with. But how did that start, and and how is it relevant to the UAE culture? Okay, so the sport of jujitsu itself uh, started uh, in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. and uh, Sheikh Tahmoud bin Zayed was the first uh, UAE black belt. Mm-hmm. And they brought three coaches in, and the only people who were training at the time were the UAE team. There's like a couple of guys and the UAE special forces. Yeah. And those were the only guys who were practicing jiu-jitsu at the time. And uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, one of his children joined jiu-jitsu and he saw a big impact on, 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 on his character. And there's a saying when you go to the UAE Jiu-Jitsu Federation, uh, if I'll invest it in my son, I'll invest it in my people. And that's when the whole sport went sort of like big in the UAE. And there's over 140,000 practitioners today between the schools, the military, the police, and so on. Uh, so that I think was 2010, 2011, when that, when that sport uh, grew in the UAE. But culturally, uh, the culture of grappling has been has been around for a very, very long time, not just jiu-jitsu. Uh, jiu-jitsu is a grappling sport. Mm. And if you go back in history and you see the times of the Greeks and the Romans, is Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the pharaohs, there's pharaonic wrestling. Uh, it's on the scriptures in India 6,000 years ago. Uh, and there's a story of Yazid ibn Rukan, Rukan ibn Yazid, mm. uh, who Prophet, والسلام, Prophet Muhammad, والسلام, uh, walked by him and said, uh, why don't you listen to my uh, message? And he said, I will if you wrestle me. And the story goes that uh, the Prophet wrestled him. And uh, as he was doing that, called the name of Allah, took him down, said, no, 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 I, I, I tripped on a, on a rock. And then he wrestled him second time, so no, no, third time. And then he wrestled the third time. And by the third time when he lost, he was, Rakan Mizid was the best wrestler at the time. And, and I said, well, you know what? I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say now. And he joined Islam, became a Muslim, and became one of the Sahabis. The story just confirms that 1,400 years ago, mm. in this part of the world, wrestling was part of the culture. Yeah. Uh, now we might have deviated away from that as a sport of, uh, but the sport of wrestling, it's in Pakistan, it's in India, it's in Africa, it's, it's everywhere. So grappling, what happens is that from time to time you evolve a sport. And what happened is that Japanese jiu-jitsu, uh, somebody left Japan in the Second World War, moved to Brazil, introduced it to Brazil and became Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where they added a lot of things into it and evolved the sport and became a very effective self-defense. And now it's here in the UAE and you're seeing an evolution happening here in the UAE in that sport. Absolutely. Fascinating. Right, okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back, but hey, I'm enjoying this a lot. Stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is The Halftime Show 
with Omar Maduri on all Oh, he loves to find it. What a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, Cover Everything Sport International Local. If you are just tuning in and you're kicking yourself for missing the show, don't worry, you can catch all of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you prefer a visual, head over to our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio, and we are there. We've got some fantastic guests covering some incredible topics like mental health, gut health, and how important the brain is on performance and recovery. Sheikh Tariq Al-Qasimi is blessing us in the studio today, and uh, I'm sure if you've been listening in, you've been taking all these notes on uh, some of the fantastic achievements in jiu-jitsu but also as a person uh, Sheikh Tariq I wanted to ask you actually um, the UAE has now become a hub for uh, athletes all around the world and uh, since you started uh, obviously in 2009 you must have seen like a huge evolution of change um, how has that been for you and, and, and what direction is it going at? Uh, I mean, definitely, the sports all over the is, is is growing, and you're seeing a lot of interest from the governments, from the leaders of the in sports in general, and specific in jiu-jitsu. Once it's been introduced in the schools, in the universities, in the national service, in the military service, in the police service, and people who are passionate about it, you're seeing that that sport really explode. Mm. Uh, Back in 2009, there was very limited places that you can train. And we opened, uh, at the time, two small gyms where we could practice uh, jiu-jitsu. And the idea was I was training a lot with, with black belts, mm. uh, coaches. And as a blue belt, it, it becomes fake because they're letting you get certain positions. So you have to actually expose yourself to train with other blue belts, white belts, and so on. Uh, so we opened a gym in Sharjah and we opened a gym in Dubai. And uh, the one in Dubai attracted a lot of the Russian guys mm. who like the sport, and uh, mainly from Dagestan. Mm. And if you know Khabib, yeah, of course, yeah. So it's not only Khabib; it's the whole nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the national sport is grappling. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, we I was privileged to have like a good ten guys who were training with us every day. Uh, and those guys are pretty, pretty tough. Is and that a different level altogether? Uh, 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 the difference in their level, just not technically, because they're, they're natural wrestlers. Yeah. Okay. So like, at s- when you're five years old, you're sent to wrestling school in Dagestan. Mm. So they're natural wrestlers. Mm. Uh, the grappling comes naturally to them. When you wrestle since that age, your body is very tough and very strong. Uh, but more important to both of these things is their mindset. They don't give up. Mm. I remember I was sparring with uh, with one of them and we reached a point where I had him in an armbar and I could feel his elbow go, pl- you know, like yeah, yeah. pop. And I was like, brother, tap. tap. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the competition, I understand, yeah, you know, when you're yeah. competing. And, uh, but here in sparring, you tap. And yeah. it's the mindset of it. And so from that gym, we had like a good 20, 30 practitioners training with us regularly. Uh, to today, we have in our new facility over 300, 400. Mashallah. And uh, that shows you how, how it evolved. But not everybody is like 
a tough Dagestani fighter or yeah. somebody who's an MMA fighter, you get a lot of uh, like a father and his kids change the sport. Mm. So you, it, you go at the pace that you want to go. You want to be very competitive. You can be very competitive. You want to just do it as a, for fun, fitness and so on. You can do it. How it's growing is growing a lot. Uh, I think uh, MMA has helped the sport grow a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, it made it uh, made a lot of people aware of w- everybody knows striking. We've been seeing boxing since the 60s and the 70s. Uh, but it's been the last 10-15 years that we saw grappling come into the MMA world and we saw how effective it is and how many grapplers have actually won fights just purely using grappling rather than striking. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you earlier, you mentioned a couple of things and it made me think about the environment that, because you have a vision when it comes down to the environment that you set. And you mentioned peace, you mentioned trust. How important is that to have when you are practicing sports in general, let alone jiu-jitsu? Yeah. When you walk into our gym, Mm. we have a slogan. Two, actually two slogans. One is never quit. And the other one says one team, one family. Mm-hmm. And that's the spirit that we're trying to do. Uh, we, uh, What I see is that you walk into a safe place. You're here to learn. You're not here to get beaten up. You're yeah. not here to learn how to beat people up. You're here to learn a sport, a martial art that gives you discipline and gives you the confidence to be able to defend yourself if you need it. So that environment has to be a peaceful environment has to be a friendly environment you're learning combat but at the same time you're having fun with yeah it. you're coming in and your kids are there so i like there's, there's many families i'll give an example of one of them basically they have like the father is doing jiu-jitsu the mother doing kickboxing and the kids are doing jiu-jitsu and judo in the gym mm. so on a Saturday morning they're all doing this, this sport together yeah. and that environment is not a rough environment it's not an environment where you walk in and it's like whoa this is like no it's an environment where like very inviting and allows people to to come into a family yeah, yeah. And, and speaking about children I mean this leads on to the next question when it comes down to how how the future looks like in, in the UAE when it comes down to jujitsu. what's your take on the kids learning very young. Is there a specific age they have to start seeing when their families are in the gym, for example? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example of my son and then I'll talk about others. So okay. uh, my son, uh, young, I put him in, in karate. Mm-hmm. And then when we started in jiu-jitsu, he started in jiu-jitsu. He did it for two years and they said, Dad, I want to do football. I said, I don't mind. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> as long as you do, you, 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 you give you give yourself an hour of sport a day. So he did football for a couple of years. Mm. Then he came back to kickboxing and then boxing. Again, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you give me that hour of sport. Yeah. On a specific note, uh, for the young jiu-jitsu practitioners now in the UAE, I've seen a lot of them evolve from the age of like 12, 14. Mm. Today they're young adults. And these guys, you put them in any competition, they are going to be competition for anybody, even top-level guys. I mean, not a lot of them are black belts, Mm -hmm. but on the blue belt, purple belt, even brown belt, we have a lot of these young guys who are actually uh, would make it to the podium every single time. Wow. Uh, I'd say a good 10, 15 of them uh, would would uh, would would make the podium every single time they compete. Their mindset is there. They're they're focused about the sport. Uh, 
And sometimes when they visit me in the gym and they spar with me, I, uh, they give me a tough time. <laughs> That's interesting. Is, is there, you know how you said you started in 2009. Is there, you, I mean, you've proven that there isn't, but is there a, a recommended time to start jujitsu? I started when I was 38. Okay, okay. So there isn't the time for right. me to start. Uh, so it's, sorry, I started when I said seven. Uh, so there isn't a time for you to start. You mm. just really need to start. Now, obviously, had I started when I was 10, it would be a very different story. Yeah. Uh, when I started at 37, I had my injuries. I had my disc problems. I had my uh, mobility issues. I had So it's a different. So my, my game sort of like formed in a way to adapt to my physical abilities. Yes. But when you're starting at 8 or 10, you can develop very, very fast in this sport. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing before we take a break. Travel has played a big part in your journey. Yeah. Um, we were talking uh, earlier about the different places you've been to and how it's helped enhance your performance. How important is that for the young athlete to be able to explore uh, travel as education? Definitely traveling at the time when I started allowed me to go and train with top-level guys all over the world. Uh, today, we have over a thousand five hundred black belts teaching in the UAE. Wow! So the young guys are very fortunate. All that knowledge is now here. Yeah. Where at the time when I did it, I had to fly out to meet some of these guys. Uh, from 2012 onwards, we've been able to bring a lot of these guys to come to the UAE. But prior to that, I had literally to go to the states, spend some time with some of them, go to Brazil. I've been to Brazil six times mm. just on training camps. Mm. Uh, so it did help me a lot and it would help them a lot. But to be honest, the game here is as good as anywhere else. Fantastic. You heard it here first. Now the new generation is being spoiled. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back for the final segment. Keep those fantastic questions coming in. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, it's almost full time on the Halftime Show. See you after this. This is the Halftime Show. Omar Al-Duri. Oh, on, oh, on, oh, 90, 95. 95. Oh, he loves to fire that. What's it goal? This is the Halftime Show with Omar Al-Duri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. It's time. It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host and we're almost at full time on the Halftime Show. But thank you so much for tuning in and fantastic questions by the way being asked. I have to give um, a special shout out to a dear friend of mine who happens to have quite a, a significance in making this show happen. Shout out to Miffy who looks after us all the time. Uh, one of the best, if not the best in the business. Right. Okay. Sheikh Tariq Al-Qasim is in the building and I'm so happy to have him here. What a great show it's been. Uh, Sheikh Tariq, among the things that, uh, that you do and among the talents is competing. Um, tell me more about competition. So, uh, I've, I've competed several times. Mm -hmm. The first one that, uh, that I mentioned to you was the, was the European Championship in 2011. Mm -hmm. And then 2014, I, uh, I was a brown belt. I was a purple belt at the time. And I went, uh, I was planning to compete in the European Championship again. And a couple of months before that, they promoted me to a brown belt. So it was a big challenge. Mm. And I went there, and uh, by gr grace of God, I, w I got the gold medal. And that was my first gold medal uh, in jiu-jitsu. Uh, the second challenge was 
about six, seven months later was in Brazil, a competition called the International Masters. And that was my one of my worst competitions ever. I, I got silver medal, but the experience was, was quite terrible because I went there. Uh, it's, it's the biggest competition for masters, uh, international masters and the world masters. So I arrived, prepared, went in, competed, first fight. I beat the guy in, in two minutes, mm-hmm. submitted him. And moved along and in the finals he beat the other guy so he came to me in the finals so my mental state is like ah i beat that guy Mm. it's gonna be easy and he won by an advantage really why is that tell us why i was too relaxed confident i was too confident my ego got the best of me and i can tell you three days after that i did not sleep (laughs) (laughs) how important is it to when you're winning, I mean, yeah. everyone talks about, obviously, championships. But when you're winning, when you're competing, how important is is to always stay in touch with, you know, your ego and your confidence and just manage that? It happened to me twice. Uh, so that was the first one. And on the podium there, I got my black belt. Mm. Uh, so that was the sort of like the, <laughs> the thing that made it uh, made my day at the time. But for three days, I couldn't sleep. I went and uh, now that I'm black belt, my next competition was uh, the world's nogi, as mm-hmm. Anas was asking <laughs> here in nogi. <laughs> yeah. It was a, my first competition in nogi mm-hmm. and it was in a black belt. And I got silver medal in that in 2014. Uh, the year later, I competed as well uh, in world's nogi. And for the first four and a half minutes, I was winning. And then I looked at the clock and it was like 30 seconds on. And in my mind said, yeah, I won. <laughs> and the other guy looked at the clock 30 seconds and he went <laughs> all in. <laughs> all in. Yeah. And I lost also by an advantage. So having your mindset focused all the way through is so important in competition. I competed uh, several other competitions, got bronze medal in the Grand Slam, got a silver medal in the Grand Slam. And the last competition was in London. It was the UAE Jiu-Jitsu Grand Slam, third mm-hmm. one I competed in. And I got the gold medal in the open weight. Nice. And uh, since then, every time I prepare for a competition, I get injured. And Miffy, a <laughs> physician, <laughs> takes care of me and, yeah. uh, and puts me back on track. Yeah. Yes. No, she takes care, she yes. takes care of us. Uh, she got her hands full, I think, with just both of us. <laughs> 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 the amount of injuries yeah. we get. Um, but alhamdulillah, now in terms of um, managing your training, um, what advice do you have for those that, for example, you know, blame age or say that you know they they're too busy what 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 um advice do you have for them now in terms of managing a lifestyle in health and fitness okay age is just a number uh you don't have to go 100 percent. you have to go 100 percent to your limits mm. you're younger than me i can't keep your pace but i can push my pace and that's all you need to do. You don't need to match anybody. You need to just push yourself a little bit more. So that's about the age. About the time, you have to make the time. And I can tell you that that actually when you do sports, any sport, not just jiu-jitsu, it keeps you sane. It, it keeps you young. It keeps you healthy. It ke- I mean, the benefits are, 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 are too much to count that you need to make it an, an important part of your life. I think... 
COVID was a terrible time. 2020 was a terrible time all over the world. But it made everybody super conscious about their health. Yeah. Super conscious about their hygiene, which people would take, were taking for granted. Well, not everybody, but somewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're right. And uh, and I, I wanted to thank you also um, for taking the time out. I know that you're busy with your training, with your physio, <laughs> <laughs> with everything. And uh, it's been such an honor to host you on the show, really. Thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you very much, Amos. It's a pleasure. Uh, and that is full time on the Halftime Show. There's the whistle. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. I mean, it, it was such an honor to have him on the show and um, and keep those questions coming in. I hope you enjoy the, the, the episode and feel free to share, like and comment on the episode and have a great blessed day. Sheikh Tariq, it's been an honor. Thank you. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.